0: This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes! It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94, WIP.
1: Yo! It is! Another edition of the IOPS podcast presented by Miller Lite, official partner of the Philadelphia Phillies. Jack Fritz, uh, just in the little bit of time we've had to talk before the pod is very serious right now. Like he is take he may or may not have called this the most important podcast of the season. I don't know if that was hyperbole if he really meant it. We're about to find out, but a lot to get into, not the best weekend of baseball. It started so good, Jack. That's why I tried to give the yo a nice little start, but then obviously, certainly um, downhill uh, precipitously from that. A lot to get into, but I, this feels like one of those times where other than saying shout-out to Miller Lite, we love you. We got a lot of cool Miller Lite stuff to tell you about later in the pod, uh, but outside of that, I feel like I should just kind of lay back and and let you do your thing because you are you are intense right now.
0: Well, it, I mean, I, again, I love this fan base. I really do. It's just like, holy cow! They, they, <laughs> like they, they play bad today. They, oh my God, they didn't score off Jacob Degrom yesterday, and they won a really good game Friday night. Like you know, I I just I I can't believe the meltdown. And I guess I I guess I understand because it's been a long time since we have play. We've had playoff baseball and whatnot, but. I mean, for the love of, of everything in the world. Uh, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And, you know, this whole idea of, oh, well, they haven't beaten anyone. It's like they are have a winning record against teams that are over 500. They... Have tie break- breakers over the Brewers, Padres, and Cardinals, like
1: <laughs> the three they- teams they're literally competing right. directly with for the playoff spots. Yeah,
0: like I-, I don't know how to I don't know how to explain this, but the Mets are a good team. I, I know that hurts, and I know losing to the Mets absolutely sucks. Jack, the and- Mets
1: are a really good team. Let's be honest; like they're a really good team, and they're scary in October. I mean, what more could you potentially want than Scherzer, Degrom, and the guy who's been the best closer in baseball this year, essentially like that's usually a recipe for success in October. They're really good. It's okay to say it. They're still the Mets. They're really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have Scherzer who is, uh, I would say the second best pitcher of this generation, I still think Verlander's best. I
1: think it's Ver- I think it's between him. Obviously Kershaw has fallen off the last couple of years, but those are the three names that you think of when you think of best of the generation. And I think Kershaw's peak is the best, but I actually think overall with what he's done like the last three, four years at the you know, ages he's been, I actually am with you. I think it's Verlander.
0: Yeah. And then they have the best opener in baseball, Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> like he's
1: <laughs> that was I- a hell of an open, Jack.
0: Yeah, it was fine. You know, another <laughs> another six innings yesterday. Uh, good job. I mean, that's about what you can expect from the best opener in baseball. He's going to open the baseball game, and and then uh, you know it's on the the bullpen to kind of close it out. So, um, you know, good for him. And and I I I like Chris Bassett a lot, just as as a pitcher. So you know, I, I just again, it, it's not an important podcast from the standpoint of like. You know, big series and whatnot. It feels like an important podcast for a deep breath. This is a, a good baseball team. Like they they went into New York. I would say the first game was a coin flip. They were able to win it. That is big. Yesterday, I felt like, felt like it was a coin flip, and Aaron Nola was brilliant. You know, Aaron Nola being able to do that. On the road in a big spot. That's not the Aaron Nola that we've seen the last couple of years. You know, the Aaron Nola that we've seen the last couple of years is a guy that usually does not uh, step up to the plate in that scenario. And they played bad today. They played bad today. And they're doing it without Kyle Schwarber, who I believe is the heart and soul of this team. They're doing it without Bryce Harper, who's the MVP of the league right now. So, yeah, or was the MVP of the league last year and was you know, obviously we, we know who Bryce Harper is was playing
1: so, MVP baseball when he got hurt. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly.
0: So I just, I, I can't deal with the, Oh my God, here comes. The August swoon when they, I just, I believe more. They've proven to us that they are a good team. And I feel like this weekend was a, a bit of a blip on the radar rather than sky is falling. Here we go. And I I just feel like that's important to to get out of the way early. Uh, Today sucked, but I'm not writing off this baseball team.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. This is not one of those times where you're, you know, Mr., you know, oh, it's okay when I don't think it's going to be okay, like – I couldn't agree with you more. This seems still 12 games above 500. Remember when we used to go do pods and be like, well, you know, they got swept, but at least they got a little wiggle room and they're three games above 500 and we're not like back at 500 yet. That's cool. They lost a series and they're 12 games above 500. Like they were a good baseball team. And I think you hit on the key thing, at least for me. You know, it's the Schwarber thing. I think it's not just the on-the-field on the stuff, which, again, as we saw this weekend, I mean, shut out back-to-back games. They've scored, what, you know, a couple runs the last four games. I mean, they've obviously been been uh, uh, somewhat anemic offensively over a, a, a tiny, small sample size stretch, but it coincides with Schwarber. He's such a massive part of this lineup, and in that big win um, against the Marlins, had you know, was such a big part of that game. We'll get to all that, but... Um, I think just missing him on the field matters a ton from a lineup perspective, but then on top of it, the fact that, he, like you said before, I think this guy is the heart and soul of the team. I think he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. I understand there are guys who are having better statistical seasons and deserve it more from, from that perspective, and, and that's fair, and I'm, I'm not saying he should be the MVP, but... what this guy's done on the field obviously with the you know leading the league in homers and the the spark that he's provided when this team needs it the amount of clutch hits and home runs he's gotten that is obviously anecdotal but we watch these games we know he gets a lot of big hits like and then most importantly what he's done for the culture here and the clubhouse and you know I, i attribute as much of of this team's belief in itself and difference from the last few years and and, you know, vibe around the team to him as I do to anyone, you know, Thompson, obviously, too. But I think Schwarber has just been a, a MVP type person and player for this team this year. And I think losing him going to the Met series, you did play a role. I really do.
0: And I, I, would be lying if I said that there wasn't a part of me that was like, he's definitely going to go yard here last night. Like there was oh, definitely that. Oh, I know. I know. I would have, I would have melted into my Well, couch, especially because he
1: owns the Mets too. Like there's that extra layer of it, you know?
0: Yeah. So, you know, um, it was a frustrating day today and, uh, and the, the runners left on base, you know, uh, it bothers me that guys won't do a job, you know, you, got a job there get the guy over to third base see what we can do too many strikeouts in key spots today that was very very annoying uh they haven't hit a homer in five days which is shocking yeah Uh, especially after the barrage yeah yeah, exactly yeah so i mean yeah there was there was things today that would would cause some concern but like i just think that we got to take a step back there's it's a it's a long season they've proven i believe more than they've proven not to be uh, a good baseball team and again like I think Friday was a special win, and and one of those wins that I think we look back on the end of the year as like a really fun night. Um, I felt last night, you know, Saturday night was as close to a playoff game as I've felt in a long time. Like my heart was pounding in the eighth and ninth inning, which it was weird. It was like I was like, what what is this feeling in my chest right now? (laughs) Like, is this this about a baseball game? Um, so, and, and like, it was really fun, you know, they lost and I was even sitting there like, yeah, they lost, but Nola doing that in that spot and, and whatnot was, was, was a really, uh, important thing. So, um, here we are, you know, they, they lost two or three to the Mets, but they have a chance this weekend to kind of, you know, take it back.
1: Yeah. And again, they also have, you know, seven of their, you know, they have the four game series of the Mets next weekend, but the other set, the next seven of 11 are against the Reds, who are a horrible, horrible baseball team. They still have a lot of easy games on the schedule. They are still a playoff team by two games, technically three or two and a half, whatever you want to say, because they own the tiebreaker against the Brewers. Like, you know, this guy is not falling at all because they lost to a good team in New York and they didn't show up with a lot of guys, you know, with, with Schwarber out. Obviously, Harper's not back yet. You know, th- this team, still has a, a real chance to round into shape when it matters most. And again, they, they've proven that they deserve our, our benefit of the doubt I mean even just within the last week since we've talked with like you said that that Friday night game you know it's funny because I feel like we always have the joke uh, every year the last you know, four years and you've done top fives about it and we've done all this stuff where it's like oh another worst loss ever how many of those have we had like 20 worst loss ever? how many horrible losses could we possibly have and this year it does feel like it's a lot more like how many best wins of the season have we had because we had the one on Friday. We had the one in the first game of the Marlins series, which was a, a freaking thrilling win. That, that it just felt like they were done. Like it felt like they were gonna lose that game, and they come through the JT hit, all that stuff. And then there's so many others. Obviously, Garrett Stubbs against the Marlins, the two stop big home runs, the boom veerling game in, in Milwaukee against Hater. Like it's just time after time after time after time, this team has shown us that you know the Cassianos Homer, like there are so many of those games where it's like you 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 know, this team's going to battle. They're going to fight. And, you know, they had a bad series in New York that started off really well. In the second game, you know what? You got beat by the best opener in the history of openers. A Hall of Fame opener. You know, it's going to happen. But I do think, Jack, that you know this team as we've talked about a lot has earned the benefit of the doubt especially from that perspective of a team that that when they've battled adversity both in games and in the season their record without Harper and and all these games that we've talked about where they've come back and had these miraculous wins like that's what good teams do and just because they lost a series in New York and yes it was a hyped up series that we're all excited for and and thus people are going to overreact to it but you know to your overall point this team has really shown that it'd be silly to, to and again, there are 12 games over 500 in a playoff team, so counting them out is a ridiculous phrase, but it'd be silly to count them out after a, a bad series in New York. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and and that's kind of where I'm at. Would you also agree with me that uh Edwin Diaz is the most dominant closer in New York baseball history? Like I can't I can't really think of another closer that, that would possibly in the be in the same class. As so it's
1: it's a really, really, really interesting point. Um I mean look, Billy Wagner for a couple years with the Mets was pretty damn dominant. Like his stuff yeah. was was pretty nasty. I didn't see Goose Gossage, but people said Goose Gossage, you know, a a Hall of Fame type closer. So that's, you know, something to consider. I mean, Chapman
0: had a good run there. Good run. John
1: Franco had a great run, you know. So, uh, you know, I I think they're, yeah, of course. I mean, Benita is a class. Jesse Orosco, bad, won a World Series, closed out a World Series, man. Jesse Orosco, I think he still pitched the most innings in the history of the game or most appearances, whatever. He's up there. Now so, hold
0: on, did they have closers and like the in the twenties and thirties and forties? <laughs> they like not invented yet because every starter went. Nine I holes.
1: don't think so, buddy. I don't think the save came into existence until like you know the sixties or fifties or whatever. Dude. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so, I think we just nailed every single great New York either Yankees or Mets closer. So so I yeah, agree. I mean, so the point is that Diaz this season having maybe the greatest season by a New York closer ever potentially.
0: Well, and you know, at least he throws two pitches that are equally as <laughs> impressive, not just like one fake one. I don't think reason. that
1: worked out the way you thought it did. I, I think, I honestly think it is way, 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 way more impressive that he only had one. Like the, it might be the most impressive thing about him that he was what he was with one. I mean, it's it's just silly. It's absurd. He didn't even need well, to. He didn't need to. He's like, I don't, I, try, yeah, I don't, like, I don't, I don't need up. a second. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm a metaphorical person.
0: Is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Again, like I, I'm not really sure who you're talking about, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um, it, yeah. So I, 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 can already tell. Like you know, we're, we're a little, probably a little too happy for the, for the, for the mood right now in the city, but like. I, I just, uh, you know, they... they I yeah, we're not happy.
1: Don't get me wrong. We're not like, oh, they. this was a great weekend. Like, they sucked today. And today they, they had some dumb plays. I mean, the gene play, the that was just bad baseball. And they had some sloppy stuff today. But look, yesterday you're going to get beat by DeGrom. Just like once in a while you're going to get the best of Scherzer in a Scherzer start or, or whatever. You know, like the, for two games... These teams were super evenly matched and played two great baseball games. And today they didn't. It's, you know, it happens. I'm not going to overreact. Yeah. And who'd have thunk like Noah twirls a gem and, and Wheeler's you know, and granted, you know, a lot of like, you know, bloops and this and that, but Wheeler doesn't, you know, who'd have thunk it.
0: If you told me that today's game never happened, like if you took the first two games of this series, I would have said the Phillies are, are maybe not as good as the Mets, but I think they belong in the same field as the Mets. And, I think that's important from this weekend. And Wheeler today, he just he hasn't looked the same that he did last year for the last like month. You know, it, it hasn't been. Now I know his ERA still so looks really good, but he's faced some kind of clunker teams. It it doesn't feel like we've gotten the same level of uh, strikeout games that we had seen from last year. Um, today was weird. Like I kind of felt like he ditched his fastball way too early, and I thought. He, uh, he had a good fastball today, so um, that was mildly uh, something to kind of file away. Um, but, you know, I kind of feel as we, we, we wind down here that as we get into these big games, and we get into September, and we hope we get into the postseason, it, it, post-season it's like, yeah, I'm not worried about Wheeler. Like, I think Wheeler's going to give them a good effort. I think it's way more important that Ranger did what he did. I mean, Ranger, he, he went pitch for pitch with Max Scherz. Yeah, he did. Like, there's just... There is, there is no doubt about that. I think we've talked about on this podcast about how we both feel like Ranger is back. 100%. And, and him doing that against a non-scrub team is further evidence. In that, a big spot, too. In a big spot. And, and that's a first game. It's a Friday night starter. On the road, the Mets, I mean, shout out to the to the Mets fans this weekend. I mean, 40-plus thousand every game. And some um, Phillies
1: fans in there. I know my course. brother was there wearing a High Hope shirt. So, shout out to Peter. Matt, after some people were there. So it's good.
0: Love to see that. Um, but Ranger doing that in that spot, I think, is, is massive. And then, then, then figuring out how to win. And then, again, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. But I think NOLA, as we head down into September, which is the month that has... Uh, ailed him in the last couple of years and something that people love to throw back in the face of people that believe that Aaron Nola could be good this year. Um, You know, him doing that in that spot, I think bought him a bit of a grace period with Phillies fans where it's like, you know what? I I can be a big game pitcher. I mean, he retired 17 in a row, you know, (laughs) like that is, that is ridiculous. And it reminded me uh, for old fans of this podcast. um, And, you know, there's two, Current bits going right on right now uh, for the older fans of this podcast. Only one two. Is, well, there's a lot, but one for the real OGs <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, Joey Manessis. Oh, might really be buddy, <T2> buddy.
1: I, he's got like a th- 1300 OPS or something.
0: Yep, he really might be Max Monty 2.0. Um, that is a and, super deep
1: cut. Like if you are listening yes.
0: right now and you remember Jack
1: saying that, like, I love you, because that's a super deep cut.
0: Yeah, that, that's going back to old WIP studios. Mm-hmm, that's going back mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. early I Hope's days. I mean, that's like, tw- I would say that's 2018. Yeah, I I very, happen.
1: very early. Very yeah. early.
0: So th- that's a deep cut. And then the other bit was obviously uh, Nola's start at Fenway and how uh, it, it, it made us And believe... just play off Nola
1: in general, like that yeah, idea. Yeah, it
0: made us believe, like, I can't wait to see what he does when he, when they eventually make the postseason. And him doing that in that spot, it was like, God, I I can't I can't wait. I I, I want to see what he can do. Uh, and I feel like the last couple of years there's been a lot of of doubt in Aaron Nola in big games. And yeah, I've I've definitely been one of them. And I think if you are a a Phillies fan and and you know love this team and love this podcast or whatever, I think it was also perfectly okay to doubt Aaron Nola in big games and big games on the road because he frankly hadn't done it for three years. But him in that spot on Saturday night, it's like that's a big step forward towards believing in him again so um again it uh, was toe to toe with with the Grom. frankly I think he uh, had a better start to get a more valuable start he left one run <laughs> and he retired 17 straight. so uh, uh shout out to Knowles
1: yeah I I couldn't agree with you more and again you know into September and seeing if he can continue to do this is such a massive thing you know both for the season and also let's be honest right there's a, a club option for him next year they'll pick it up but you know, do you keep Aaron Nola here long-term? Do you re-sign him? Like, this is one of the big questions there is. Because, you know, prior to this season, I think most Phillies fans would say absolutely not. And this season, he's, it has been a legitimate rebirth, and he's still young. He's still in the prime of his career. So it's, you know, very believable to, that this is the guy who he could be. It's just we do have that kind of lingering thing with the September, you know, big star type of thing. So I'm with you. I thought it was a really big weekend for him, a big night for him. And, you know, obviously a shame as it does seem like he gets unlucky with the the wins when he pitches great, but um shame they couldn't get it done. All right. I uh I'm assuming you're gonna touch on the other stuff you want to from the weekend and the games in the take bag. I know you're gonna get the able and painter in the take bag. I don't need to to get into it. The canable injury, you know, not much to say. We'll see what happens. You hope he's okay. A lat strain, they say. I have three um uh, you know, jack me specific things that I'm just gonna indulge and do it, and then we'll get to the take back for more stuff because they're all baseball related. It's nothing weird. All right, ready? First, I'm gonna start with with a compliment before I go for the more you know below the belt stuff. And to be fair, I take shots at myself too. This is gonna be equal opportunity stuff, but I want to start with a compliment, and you know, not to toot your own horn too much because I'm sure a lot of people have already done it and all that, but leadoff stop buddy that was not only a great call by you that it should happen and would happen but then he <laughs> has like a historic game against Max Scherzer in his first spot leadoff spot um you know take a bow buddy sometimes you get a bow
0: do you mean that uh it's good that the <laughs> that the uh, that Bryson Stott is the first player in Major League Baseball history to reach base four times in a game against Max Scherzer yes. is that pretty good that's what you kind of want to see Pretty good in
1: his first ever game in the leadoff spot in major league baseball not horrible
0: yeah and uh, again we've mentioned this you know the last like what <laughs> I feels like 10 podcasts like we don't care at all about bryson stott's batting average like i do not there's not one part of me that cares because frankly ever since june fresh i think he's been a really good offensive piece. i think his I'm pretty sure his strikeout rate since the All Star game is four percent, which is I think it's,
1: I think he's fourth best in baseball, is what I saw.
0: <laughs> yeah. So over that stretch, um, obviously, yeah, yeah. But, obviously I mean, that's was, a, as
1: a, again, he's a rookie, man. Yes. And a lefty, I do think it matters. Like, I think it's tougher to be a left-handed hitter in late innings against. Like we always talk about these guys just coming and sliding you to death. Like, I do think it's even a little bit more impressive that he's a lefty.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess my, my my basis for for starting the leadoff role was like, you know, I think he works good at bats. I think he's going to put the bat on the ball, and I think he's going to give him a chance and and maybe a little bit of a, a spark at the top of the lineup. So, um, and it's so interesting. It does feel like he consistently puts together better at bats when he is just like spread out from the beginning, but he just never really does it. You know, usually that's more of a a two strike thing. And I guess the thing with Stott in the leadoff spot is, okay, well what happens when Schwarber comes back? You know, because I'm not one of those people that's like, ah, you got to get Schwarber out of the lineup or out of the leadoff spot so that he can move down the lineup and get more RBI chances. Um, You know, I think that he's comfortable there. He's done a good job there. I'm kinda of surprised actually the OBP is so low, but I think he's been more aggressive within the strike zone, so it's it's whatever. But I there is a part of me that's like, okay, you you bring Schwarber back. Do you just leave Stott there and you go like Stott, Hoskins, uh uh Schwarber, Bohm, Real Muto. Like, does that make the Phillies offense better? And I don't think I disagree that it that it would give them a chance to to do some damage. So um, I'm really curious to see what Topper does as uh, Mm. as this goes along here. I think he's going to be back tomorrow in Cincinnati. That was kind of the word, um, you know, pregame was that Schwarber will be back tomorrow night in the lineup. But you know, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that hey, maybe we could have some. Good talent at the top of the lineup and 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 reward Stott for everything he's done. And then, you know, you have Schwarber in an ideal world in more RBI chances.
1: Let the record show that Jack just called Rob Thompson Topper. If you want to rewind your podcast, I don't know, 30 seconds a minute, you'll hear it. He called him Topper. Just want that to be noted. Um, well, I
0: go back and forth. It's whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> all,
1: yes. all right. Uh, second, uh, and I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it'd be a really interesting thing, at least until Harper gets back. Obviously, look, good news on Harper. He's swinging. You know, we're kind of you're know, getting a live BP situation. Minor league games not that far off. I would think um, really exciting, really exciting stuff. And who knows what you know kind of difference that can make. All right. Uh, second show thing, and again, we'll get to the take bag. Um, I'm going to, in a minute, uh, the third one, I'm going to put myself out there and then I'm going to wrap it back around to you. But, uh, this one's totally you and totally on you. Uh, that, and look, you know, you never... Um, you know, I think Fernando Tatis is good for baseball. I, I think he is um, one of the fun young players in the game who can help grow the game and all that. But when I saw that he had an 80-game suspension for BDs and obviously has not played yet this season. Wow, I did not um, think you were yeah, taking this yeah, to the podcast. Yeah, well, wow. I told you I was. Wow. I told you I was. And my first reaction was, hey, this is great for the Phillies. And Jack goes, yeah, but it sucks for my fantasy team. And that that was more important the implication from Jack so you know I we never lie to the scissors I'm about to submarine myself in a minute too don't worry I we don't lie I got another uh, omission or a, a, a um you know omission mission from me coming admission but um but you I feel like you have to respond to this like you know it's it's pretty bad
0: a lot of missions going on here <laughs> <in the Ohio's laughs> podcast holy cow can you spit it out for right, me? all right Get, it, all right gay the floor is yours all right don't it, deflect <laughs> It's an it's an admission, Anthony Rendon. Um, all right,
1: all right. Are you are you deflecting more? Are you gonna are you gonna uh, speak to the IELTS listeners who are devastated that you cared more about your fantasy team than the Phillies? I'm
0: am just you know
1: just putting that out there.
0: Well, frankly, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: So. <laughs>
0: no um first off uh good team player here would it be uh would, would it be uh you know part of the team I told you so, I was gonna bring it up too I texted it yeah, back so, I'm like I'm definitely bringing this up in the pod uh full disclosure I have been uh very very frustrated with my fantasy team, <laughs> and it's like so so full disclosure I've I've won the regular season I think the last four seasons and I've lost the championship in three or four. And I, I'm just so sick and tired of it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm in like third or fourth place right now. And it's like, okay, I'm getting Tatis back and I'm getting Trout back. Oh. Like I have had, I've had to, come, I have had to overcome so much adversity in this fantasy season. And I was like, oh, finally, I'm getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back. And then he does this um, <laughs> ringworm or whatever. Um and is not gonna be back for my team and it just crushes my soul. So um yes, for the Phillies it definitely is good news. Um, you know, the the Padres not adding a top five player in baseball is probably a good break for the Phillies. But I can't lie, my first reaction was, Are you kidding me? Like I can't I can't get him back for for a postseason run here as I'm starting to, to for my team to kinda of round into form. So um completely selfish move by me. Uh, I am one who takes accountability, Donovan Chespat. <laughs> Donovan Chespat. I
1: just, can you said that, I might go back to the point where you were like, I mean, whining and put in violin like sad violin music as you go on. I might do that when I edit the pot. I'm just letting you know. Just you you said that. because you yeah. uh, should, because
0: because n- there's not one person out there that cares unless you're a Fernando Tatis, <laughs> Fernando Tatis uh, fantasy owner.
1: Or a Padres fan, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, listen, for me it sucks, <laughs> for the Phillies it's great, but yes, my first reaction was this sucks for me. Um, <laughs> I'm it. not a me guy, you know, I'm not really a me guy, I'm more of a team guy, but... <laughs> You know, in every in every team there is an M E. So that's, I true. Think that's the uh, true. that's the lesson here. It's
1: true. And look, I get it. I like fantasy too. All right. Yeah. Uh now I'm gonna put myself out there and then maybe bring it back to you. But yours less egregious. I'll just be honest about it. Um, and I need I honestly don't know if this is okay or not. Like I'm kinda asking you, I'm asking Iops listeners. So, you know, uh uh Tampa Bay has a perfect game going today. Rasmussen heading into the uh the ninth inning and the Phillies are down six, nothing pitching Canales on the mound. And I was like, you know what? Cause my daughter was commanding, you know, I have the two TVs. So normally it wouldn't be an issue, but you know, Zoe had the one TV and you know, I wasn't going to, you know, force my daughter to watch baseball. She actually was watching fanatic highlights, which is pretty cool. But, um, I turned the Phillies off for like two minutes. And it could have been longer. It was like a second because the first batter ripped it double in the left field immediately and ended the perfect game. But you know what? I said, I'm going to switch over and I'm going to watch history rather than a few Corey Canable pitches. Jack, was that right or wrong? Then we'll get to you, buddy. But was that right or wrong?
0: Lesson perfectly fine there Thank is you. you didn't miss Thank you it. didn't miss a thing <laughs> I, I know i know I like know. it was, it was <laughs> i was going for like bo- two seconds it was like boom hit all right well that was yeah cool. i mean i had it on my computer so i was watching as well but today was one of those games where it was like Wow, 1.40 to about 4 o'clock was the biggest waste of 3 hours and 20 minutes of my life. It really was.
1: All right, so the second part of it, um, you just, again, uh, bringing the text to the air, because that's what we do. Tell everyone what you texted me after the Rasmussen thing.
0: All right, so let me set this up by saying that. saying that uh i don't think i'm a bad person um, you know,
1: I, <laughs> that's good think, you shouldn't i think it'd be twisted if you thought you were a bad person
0: yeah i think i'm a pretty decent guy um <laughs> but i gotta be honest like i like seeing perfect games broken up more than i like seeing perfect games that's so point. crazy what
1: are you talking about it's history
0: it's like, dude i know it's history but it's just to see all those people get so excited and then crushed in in one double down the line. It's like, it's like ah, gotcha. It's um, so, dark, Jack. It's a dark take know, on this. I know. It is. It is. And I don't know why I'm the way I am, but I just... I like seeing perfect games get broken up. Uh, I think it's like, like the the pan to the crowd after they get broken up. I find it <laughs> hilarious. It's like it's like, oh, you weren't paying attention for the first like seven <laughs> innings, but now you're all in, and now you're devastated and um and whatnot, and it's just like the air that gets completely sucked out of the building. I find it be hilarious. Um, so yeah, I don't know, cause I'm one of those guys. Well, like. My favorite thing in sports is is when a player goes on the road in a playoff game and dominates. Like I think that's the coolest thing in sports because it shuts up like hopefully a sold out crowd. And you know I kind of take that mentality to perfect games. He they they shut the crowd up when they get the uh, the hit, and then like everyone's mad at that guy. But it's like what is he supposed to do? Just get out and give the guy the perfect game? There's so many factors that go into rooting for a perfect game to be broken up. I will say this, James. It is pretty crazy that it's been literally the uh, as long as the Phillies have not been in the postseason since there has been a, a perfect game. Of yeah. Baseball.
1: Yeah. I mean, there have only been 23 ever. It is incredibly rare. There have only been 15 since I was born in 1981. Like, it's pretty. I know I'm old. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty Hold nuts. On. That's why I would vote for it.
0: Yes. Hold on. Yes. Yes. Hold on. I yes. want the record to show. Oh, God. That I was rooting for Doc's perfect game. Good, I would hope yes.
1: so, Val. And look, so yeah, sure I I, 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 I root there. for it, super fun. We would add the Galraga one if that hadn't I mean, like that was a perfect game, obviously it wasn't. Um, but yeah, I root for him. Well, the I, think ra- it's,
0: I mean, the umpire called him out. So yeah,
1: I think it's hilarious because my, you know, I you texted me that, and I was like i was like you're horrible like you're alone on an island and then like two minutes later my best friend since the first grade teddy texts me i get a morbid fascination i love when a perfect game is broken up ninth. i'm like you know screw both of you all right like i was like i felt very good that jack was alone on an island and then like two seconds later anyway uh all right uh take back in a second i think we got through <laughs> through my stuff with a plum. uh again shout out to miller light reminder the next ring-the-bell night at Miller Light Landing. Uh, Livery Landing at Citizens Bank Park is coming up Friday, August 26th. So that is uh, one week from this upcoming Friday. It's going to be against the Pirates, 7.05 first pitch. We will be in the Miller Light Landing from 5.35 on, hanging out. And as you know, if you've come to the games with us, we basically just – Stay there the whole game and hang out with everybody. So if you want to come hang out with us, you can spend as much time as you want because we'll be there the whole baseball game, hanging out. It's super fun. Um, we will have uh, uh, some ticket giveaways on WIP, so tune in tomorrow, this week, Monday, uh, and uh, moving forward. I don't know what days they'll be there, but we will have uh, giveaways this week, next week, I'm sure, as well. So um, coming out with us. It's going to be awesome. We always have fun when we do these things. So it's coming up soon, August 26th. Fritzy?
0: Yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, we have no interest in watching a baseball game during high hopes. I
1: know, like, I know. We just want to hang out with people. Yes, yeah, yeah we're, good.
0: we're just strictly there to hang out with people. Well, when so.
1: people cheer, we'll run over. When people like Boo, we'll run over. But that'll be about it.
0: You know, late in games, we're locked in, for sure. Of course. Um, By the way, I'm
1: right. 3-0. and Yeah, 3-0 and games this year. So, you know, just saying.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't matter because, you know, Zoe gets factored in this time. Well, it's so, true. It's true. It's a big it's point. Hard to, it's hard to trust Zoe herself. Big point, um, my
1: friend. Big point.
0: And frankly, if, if she loses that game, then no. Not allowed back Um, to another high hopes thing. It's not wrong. That's a, not wrong. That's an official high hopes yeah. position, I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um. Okay, so Cincinnati this week, Uh, like, just simply put, need to take care of business. Like, I... I have no interest in messing around. You know, get me at least two or three, which we always say. Um, but a sweep should be on the table for sure. That team is dead. And hey, maybe being in a great American ballpark can uh, wake Nick up. Yep, wake him up a little bit. And because uh, man, I just I don't understand why all of a sudden he starts just taking uh, non conviction swings out of nowhere. He'll just all of a sudden be like, you know what? I'm not going to try to swing and do any damage with this pitch. I'm just hoping to put it in play. So um, it was a frustrating week for Nick. Um, you know, uh, after the the Braves homer, it kind of felt like we were on our way back. But um, not the case. Not the case. So uh, maybe being back in Great American Ballpark can get him going a little bit. Um, I'm going to start off with saying something about Noah Syndergaard, who I have uh, not been a fan of. And reminds me a bit of Arrieta. No, I don't care that he, uh, you know, he went like six innings, allowed two runs the other day. And it's like, well, yeah, that's fine. But it wasn't impressive. Like he's facing two of the worst uh, offensive teams in the National League. But I think there is something interesting in the Guard slider. Um, You know, it was up by, I think, three miles per hour from his first start um, to that start. So if they can, you know, the Phillies have done a good job with, you know, having guys throw their best pitches more, you know, whether it's uh, the Bellotti slider, the Alvarado cutter, Noel's been working his cutter in more, um, you know, so they, they've done a good job with these kind of pitchers. Uh, like Brogdon has, has thrown a cutter more. So um, when I look at Syndergaard sl- slider, it seems like an obvious, let's throw this pitch more because it's like the one pitch in his arsenal that I'm like, yeah, that pitch is kind of nasty. And then everything else is just like, eh, so, uh, look for that. You know, I think his next start, um, I, I expect to see the the slider more. Again, it, it was up three miles an hour. It had good movement to it. Um, and, again, when you look at everything else in his arsenal, it's like, eh, that kind of sucks. But when you see that pitch, it's it's like, oh, that could be okay. So, look out for the guard slider um, this week against the Reds.
1: I will take, ah, that could be okay. I'm in on that.
0: Yeah. Um, but overall... An okay start to the Cinder Guard yeah, era. Yeah, it's uh, what we
1: expected. Come on. You know, we can't say we're
0: surprised. Although the Mets did give him a video tribute, which I thought was <laughs> was nice. I think if I was doing if I was doing New York Sports Radio, I'm pretty sure I would have melted down about Cinder Guard. Oh, I'll radio. bet you would have buddy. <laughs> a Mets uh, video tribute. Uh, the second thing in my take bag is uh, shout out to Katie Nolan. Uh, she is a friend of the podcast, obviously at this point. Um, on Friday night, she uttered the phrase. She is, huh? I had no idea. All right, she has to. I like Katie Nolan. I'm a fan. There's simply no other explanation for Katie Nolan uttering the phrase, "Who let the fills get hot?"
1: Oh, buddy. Yeah.
0: On on Friday night's broadcast, so I tweeted out saying because I was listening to the game because I had to watch the the stupid Eagles again. It's like. Oh my God. You know, I'm in the press box, <laughs> the I'm, stupid Eagles. Well, I I'm, in, I'm in, first off, I'm in the press box and no one else is watching the Phil's game, which I find atrocious. It's like, it's like, can we please lock in on the important things? We got Phil's Mets in New York, biggest a series in a decade. Yeah. Um, it was so
1: shit. Like the whole, like what, what's more important? What do you want to see more? It's like, really like stop, stop. It.
0: Right. So me being the, uh, obviously having the pulse of the city, and uh, no one better at it. I was watching Phil's Mets in the press. We box. all saw your tweet, buddy.
1: We all saw your tweet. It's
0: all about priorities. Yep. And so I didn't wait. And so then I had to go back to the studio and I was watching it on mute on as we were doing the post game show, whatever. Um, and then I started getting, getting tweets like, oh, Katie Nolan said, who let the Phil's get hot or whatever. And that, of course, forced me to tweet. Sources are saying that Katie Nolan said, who let the Phil's get hot. And then Katie Nolan liked that tweet oh buddy and i didn't add her which means that she was searching her name on twitter which would suggest that she was looking out for my twitter to see if uh yeah i don't even
1: think she name. was searching her name i think she probably just checks your twitter every night and saw what well, she's like whoa
0: that's me well i will say if i was doing a game uh a national broadcast and i wanted to learn about the team and I had to search Phillies on my like Apple podcast or whatever as the number one Phillies podcast, the highest rated Phillies podcast. I think we'd be the correct uh, one to listen to. So, Are we um, the highest
1: rated? Is that true?
0: Well, we have the m- most five-star ratings. I didn't know
1: that. By well,
0: like almost 400 now. Thank so. you, everybody. We look at, uh, we're warming my heart right now. I feel so oh, happy. That oh, by the, the way, it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, oh, we, we, we,
1: like, we, we totally forgot about it.
0: <laughs> we love you to rate and, uh, yeah! rate and contribute and, uh, to the five-star
1: ratings, please. Yes.
0: Um. So, yeah. So shout out to Katie Nolan, uh, an obvious listener of the podcast, and you're welcome on anytime. The feeling on Saturday night, again, I mentioned this earlier, was unlike anything I felt in, in damn near a decade. Like I was sitting there in the ninth, and my, my heart was just pounding out of my chest. So it felt good to be back but there's also a part of me like man this is stressful <laughs>
1: you know mm-hmm. what i mean
0: like forget how is- stressful it is
1: every pitch yeah. like it's very tense it's very very tense
0: it is it's like oh my god this is-. and and i was sitting there and the game was over or whatever and you know i was like how the hell do people find baseball boring like that was one of the most intense games i've seen in a, in a long time. Like I understand that the day to day can be boring and and whatnot, but when you're in that moment in that spot, like, I just don't think you like sports if you don't find that, uh, entertaining. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Obviously. Um, all right. Uh, two things. So, uh, last thing, Harper's taking practice tomorrow. Um, that is massive. Uh, I saw some hacks he was taking in the cage the other day. Looks like just as good as he uh, always does. Uh, I guess he's gonna go on a a rehab uh, uh, assignment soon, which will be fun. Like, there's a part of me that I just can't wait to see Bryce go through like Lakewood, <laughs> Reading. I know. I always like, love Lehigh that stuff. Valley. I love that stuff.
1: Where's I Jacob Degrom? It's like these, and it must be. I always think about what a cool experience it must be for those like career minor leaguers or the guys who are young and in the. Minors or whatever, and be like, "Holy crap! Like I'm batting against Max Scherzer in a rehab start. Like that just must be so cool."
0: Well, Jalen Ortiz took him yards, so Max Scherzer's obviously. Why fraud. do you think
1: I mentioned Scherzer, buddy?
0: Obviously a fraud. Um, and then the last thing, obviously, had to get to this. The Redding fight and film. Yeah, let's go. Their rotation.
1: The future one and two of a, of a World Series winning team in 2026. The 2026 fills led by Painter and Abel, like Schilling and Johnson in oh one Let's go.
0: Uh, there's a part of me that believes that the Reading rotation could be better than the current Phil's <laughs> rotation. But I don't know if I'm ready to throw that take out there. That um, would be a
1: pretty aggressive one, but I really, I really do appreciate it.
0: I tell you what, it's going to be exciting seeing what those guys do. I would be, well, I wonder if there's, I, I'm not sure there's a, uh, I think there's like a non-zero chance that Griff could be moving up even more this year. Like he seems like they want to get him on a, on a fast track to the big league. So, um, but it's just so surprising, you know, what Dave Dombrowski and, and Preston Mattingly, like they just, trust these young pitchers and they're going to push them and it's just so wild to see uh like a 19 year old he's advanced three levels in five months and and Andrew Painter like he again he might be the best pitching prospect in the sport uh in in a year from now I think you know right now it's Grayson Rodriguez he'll be brought up and he'll be in that Orioles rotation but and it might be Andrew Painter after that which is just insane so the Reading rotation of him, Abel, Griff, it's hard not to dream. And you start thinking like, Wheeler, Nola, Griff, Painter, Abel. It's exciting. Do I think that it, it, it's it's interesting? Because I get excited about that. But then I'm also saying to myself, like, no shot. They're all going to be on the same big league rotation. Like they'll probably trade one no, of
1: them. No, like a zero percent chance. Honestly, right. like there's a, a at least a, a chance that neither Wheeler or Nola are here. I think one of the two will be, but like, you know, figure what Abel and Painter. Obviously, I agree with you. I think McGarry will will see the majors first in one form or another. But you know, what are we like two years away from legitimately thinking they could be a a, a like one of the five, maybe a year and a half at best. Like, so I think Wheeler's. Right no? They could both be here. It's possible. I don't know. Well, uh, I it's think, on like three the years, maybe.
0: Like you know. No, like Painter. I think Painter could be up next year. I really do. Wow, like I, just, I love that. I love well, that. Well, I mean, they're pushing him. They're they pushing are. Him.
1: You're right. You're right. It's just. It. I mean, that's that's the thing that I think. I know we've talked about this in the past in the pod, but when you look at whether it's for hitter or pitcher, but when you look at that particularly. Um, you know the minor league numbers for guys it's always super important to look at their age and the level they're at because you know a 19 year old dominating double a is a very 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 different thing than a 22 or a 23 year old dominating double a like that's you know elite 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 stuff when you could do that at that age you know either side of the ball so um, yeah it's uh, I'm not used to it Jack like what what is this? Who was that we've not had a painter, you know, honestly, I mean Hamels wasn't I mean Hamels was a you know, ended up being a great pro, but prospect wise, like he wasn't Andrew Painter. You know, we haven't had anyone like Andrew Painter. It's nuts.
0: And uh let me just, you know, get this out there for the people. I can just feel it coming. I can just I can just sense it. I got a I got a spidey sense when it comes to this fan base. <laughs> um the whole oh well, what did the baby aces turn out to be? Like, Andrew Painter and Nick Abel and Griff McGarry are on a different level of the baby aces. Like, they – I know – Andrew Painter might be the best
1: pitching prospect in the sport league. He might be, like, a top three prospect in the sport in a year,
0: like you just said, you know? He very well could be. So, I don't want to hear any baby aces comparison. I don't want to hear, oh, Phillies don't push their prospects. Oh, Phillies this, Phillies that with the prospects. Like, take a chill pill um but nice. i really you
1: chill pill i love that that was good I'm work, really was good work. To
0: see i'm really interested to see what painter does at the double a level um just because i mean it was very evident that single a high a um was like not enough i mean that's ridiculous to say but like it wasn't enough for him he was so good uh, and and threw so many strikes and, and struck out like, dude. I mean, heading into his last start, he had 100 strikeouts in 63 innings this year. I mean, that's just absurd. So, um, you know, now he goes to Reading. It's a tough ballpark to pitch in at home. Um, and if he dominates there, I mean, a, the the big leagues are only a level away, and uh, I can't wait for it, Mick. You know, I think he. I th- I, obviously Painter has surpassed him as a prospect at this point, but I also don't think it's like completely fair to write him off as a prospect. I just think that he has a little bit to go when it comes to command. You know, I think he can throw strikes, but when it comes to commanding all of his bitches, he's not at the Painter level. But again, like this is his second full year uh, at a, at a or, well, I guess it's I guess, no, it's the second full year. Well, yeah, um, so it's like the
1: first one and a half years, essentially,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he – but still, like, you look at the raw stuff, it's really good. It's just like, you know, they're, they're having him work on all his pitches rather than what he's he's totally comfortable with. So, um, it's just wild to see Lee and Dabrowski just comfortable pushing their pitching prospects. Like, pitching prospects are usually the, the ones that they are the softest on. Like, they're not – they're the ones that, you know, you can only throw four innings and then you're out of there. Meanwhile, the whole philosophy with these two – is you're going to pitch every Friday night, or every Saturday, you're going to pitch just once a week, whatever, and go as deep into a ball game as you can. And we're going to get you ready for the NL East. And I think that is how you develop future aces. Like letting these guys and letting their bodies learn how to pitch deep in games, that matters a lot rather than four or five innings. And then what do you get? Like a Jacob DeGrom? so uh, so it's really exciting and uh you know i'm glad for the people of reading that they get to see it yeah
1: it's it is really really exciting it is a a, a potential turning point for the franchise um in terms of just you know, we've talked a lot about brian barber and and Matt and you know, all these guys like if they can really turn this thing around and start to draft and develop guys especially to this extent it could be um it could be really exciting man um all right uh you got anything else i got nothing else I got nothing. I'm all that. I'm all good. Look at that, buddy. I uh I'm assuming almost definitely either Wednesday night or Thursday, I would think. It's a short game on Wednesday, Thursday and off day. So look, if they if they get swept by Cincinnati or lose two of three in disappointing
0: fashion. Well there's no podcast ever again. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you probably won't hear from us.
0: But assuming two or three sweep,
1: whatever, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. I would say is fair. Um and again, August twenty sixth phillies pirates we will be there the whole night literally there to hang out like again like jack said we we love watching the phillies we're always there to watch the phillies we're there more to hang out and meet people than we are to watch the phillies that particular night so if you ever wanted to come and hang out with us and watch some phillies with us and whatever like august twenty sixth, it's happening we will be there uh ring the bell Liber- miller light liberty landing um that night all right uh fritzy um this is fun buddy uh, this is yeah. good this is good. Uh, I can I put my, my daughter final, to bed now. This is good. You have final thought.
0: My final thought is, how many times did you watch the Fransky video of beer Oh,
1: wine? buddy, how about that? I mean, oh, I mean who to thunk it? Uh, just the defensive highlights, and then to, you know, score on on a you know what should have been a throwout at home in the next thing, Like it was all just very. Uh, It's such a shame they couldn't win one of the two because we really, like, if they had been two or three and had that win on Friday, we would have been just riding high no matter what else happened, you know?
0: Yeah, and speaking of the defense, uh, I'm already over the Keith Hernandez thing. Like I just, I'm over it. I don't. I was never either. under it.
1: I have not. I've never even cared. Like, don't oh. care. Who cares? Oh, no, it's
0: just like it's like every time they make a good defensive play, it's like, oh, take that, key. dude. Yeah, it's like, like enough. Like, who cares? Oh, he's
1: Keith Let's Hernandez, stop. all right. It's not freaking, you know, uh, Stan Musial or uh, you know, who you know, all time great first baseman guy. Everyone say Jimmy Fox. You know, he's he's Keith Hernandez. Like, who gives a crap?
0: Am I right? I'm just I I don't need to I don't need to see it every time to make a good play. Like just make a good play and let's 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 move on. You know, I, I
1: think honestly I've, I'm surprised you didn't comment on the fact that me naming Jimmy Fox as my second option that popped in my head for all time great first baseman. I don't even know. I think he played outfield too. Is a really old guy moment for me. Like I'm surprised you didn't just kind of latch onto that and be like Jimmy Fox, man. Um, you know. Well, frankly, I've Willie never heard McCovey. Should I'm
0: Willie McCovey. How about that? Lou Gehrig. McCovey. Well, you have William McCovey, whatever. I don't frankly care. Um I mean our pulls is like 3 homers. I was going
1: to say pulls but that was too obvious. That was too for for obvious. to Show a little. I going to flex a little bit. And also,
0: and also, I mean come on. Jimmy Fox couldn't hold a candle to Ryan Howard. <laughs> so <I don't> <laughs> it's probably true.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. You know, Jimmy Fox probably couldn't hold a candle to, you know, some minor league player today if we're being honest, but
0: that's a whole discussion. Oh, you know, good. you know I would have struck out. <back> <a minute. laughs> I, like, I legitimately believe I would have won Cy Young in the 20s or 20s or 30s. Like, at peak of peak of my powers, I'm pretty sure I would have won a Cy Young in the 20s, 30s, or 40s.
1: He's for himself. seltzer. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>